0: Good evening, you fantastic and glorious degenerates of this floating rock that we call Earth. Welcome to the Cajun Libertarian Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian, and tonight we have, again, the most special Judai master and America's favorite political pontificator, the Spike Cohen, coming up right now. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. Next on the Cajun Libertarian Live. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome all to the Cajun Libertarian Live. We have coming on the best, the man, Spike Cohen. Love him to death. Real quick, let's hear a word from our sponsor, Gap Armory. Gap Armory carries a wide variety of parts and accessories. Whether you're looking for build kits, for 3D printed firearms, optics, outstanding level 4 body armor, or anything in between, they have you covered. Gap Armory is Libertarian owned and operated. They also accept Bitcoin. Gap Armory has the gear you need to bridge the gap in your defense preparedness. Get what you need today at GapArmory.com. That's G-A-P-A-R-M-O-R-Y.com. GapArmory.com. Thank you, my friend, for sponsoring the show. Now, let's get to it. Spike. Hey. What's up?
1: (laughs) Hey, man. How are you doing?
0: (laughs) I'm doing good. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on again.
0: Oh, thank you for coming on again. I feel super special and privileged and honored that uh, you come on my show all the time. And, you know, you're a great friend of mine and a great mentor and it's a real privilege to be able to just reach out to you and and basically, uh, you know, incrementally every once in a while, you just come on all the time. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable. It feels very special. And like I tell the audience all the time, I feel like this is an elected position, right? Uh, When they want to, they can vote with their time And go somewhere else, and yet they choose to hang out with me and have special, special voices and people in this great movement that we call Liberty, like yourself, Spike. So how are things going? have you been? What is on the horizon?
1: I'm doing fantastic, man. Things have been going really great. Super busy. Uh, I've been traveling across the country, uh, helping to spread the word of what we're doing with You Are The Power. Uh, I know we've talked about You Are The Power here on your show before. Um, Long story short, we have uh, well over a dozen activists in every single state. We have uh, right around 2000 members and uh, and uh, we are in all 50 states. Um, even, even some of the more, we're even, we have over a dozen people, even in like Alaska and Hawaii and places like that. And we've got, uh, well over a hundred in some of the larger States and, uh, pretty excited, man. It's going really great. And uh, the events that we've been doing, the activism we've been doing uh, so far, we've had a 70 percent success rate. Uh, people have focused a lot on the uh, the stuff we've been doing in Gastonia, North Carolina. Um, and the reason that one's been getting the most attention is because we've been uh, we, yeah. that one has been a, a harder one to deal with. Uh, a lot yeah. of our successes have been we just basically cyberbully governments on their social media and they very often just back off and do whatever it is that the, the their their constituents wanted them to do uh you know they bring in the big guns and then now all of a sudden uh their elected officials aren't acting quite as brazen as they were before so uh we're doing great stuff we're just getting started and uh you got you were the power net right there if you guys want to be a part of it we'd love to have you uh join us uh membership is free as always and uh, we'd love to just have you be a part of what we're doing
0: Yes, please do go join you are the power.net. It's right there. Very easy. Subscribe. Get your notifications. Um, if you have those notifications on there, click that bell and make sure that every time that you are power.net has information that you're getting it fast and furious. With that being said, yes. also please hit the subscribe button here. Smash that like button, hit the notification the bell. bell so that every time we go live. We show up and blast all over all of your devices. I learned that from that guy right there. From this guy. From this we want story. your phone
1: to I explode know. with notifications. That's
0: right. Yes, 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 we do. So uh, as a, I wanted to get to this real quick. Um, like I t- told you before. The, oh, yeah, you got your LeBlue, right? Your LeBlue. Yes. Your Le My LeBlue yeah. Le is here. I've got my um, personal mug that I got from, what's his name? Um john morrison oh
1: from uh yeah from defy the power i've got this one as well we've got a you Are the power special edition this one's actually signed by me i'm not sure why i got one that (laughs) i signed myself but anyway yeah this uh they got great quality stuff man they're they our house is just filled with
0: tumblers uh (laughs) from from uh defy the power but they're good they're great quality stuff yeah they are very good we love ours i've got my uh diabetic friendly throat wetter here i have a uh, sugar-free packets that i just put in water and then oh, nice. i i like the water just fine but also like my strawberry flavored water as well so um let's let's get i'm, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this but you can give me your thoughts on where you think this is going if you don't mind sure this happened today y'all this is a pretty breaking news most of y'all probably haven't heard it But a man shot himself, and this is from The Blaze. A man shot himself after crashing his car into a barricade near the U.S. Capitol building early Sunday morning. An unidentified man rammed his car into a barrier at East Capitol Street and 2nd Street. The man escaped the vehicle while it, quote, became engulfed in flames, end quote, according to a statement from the U.S. Capitol Police. The man then reportedly fired shots into the air along East Capitol Street. Capitol Police approached the man, and he then committed suicide by shooting himself in the front area of the Capitol building. Authorities say nobody else was hurt. Quote, at this time, it does not appear the man was targeting any members of Congress who were on recess, and it does not appear officers fired their weapons. End quote. The statement from the Capitol Police read, Capitol Police are, quote, looking into the man's background, and there is an investigation from the Metropolitan Police Department into an investigation of the man's death. Um, Obviously, we don't have any motives here. We, we don't right, know right. anything about it, but we do know, if anything, that the media is going to try to spin this more than likely into a certain direction. And given the, in the light of recent events, what do you think this is? I'm sure this is going to be all over the news tomorrow. How do you think that they're going to try to uh, to make this look and sound? Yeah, I
1: think uh, I, I just from what I've heard, which is not much more, pretty much the same thing you just read for the most part. Uh, I think the only other thing I read was that the Capitol Police said that they don't believe there was any politically motivated motive here, which means it sounds like someone who's crazy killed themselves and did so in a in a, a more flashy fashion than than you know many others do. I, I think that this is someone who. Uh, had probably were going to find that they probably had a long history of uh, mental health related disturbance incidences. And uh, and now, you know, they they ended up uh, unfortunately killing themselves. Um, I do think that both the corporate media and the government are going to do everything they can to try to flame this into something much bigger than it probably was. Um, and uh, we saw that uh, that was well was that? That was earlier this year where someone went to in front of, I think, the Supreme Court building and claimed that he was fighting for Trump and that he had a uh, was that last year or this year? I think it was earlier this year. And he said that he had a bomb and it turned out he didn't have a bomb. He just had like an empty uh, an empty barrel. And he claimed that he was upset because his wife. Um, had left him but she hadn't and like everything he said was either a lie or just sounded crazy and they still tried to make that into you know domestic terror threat and it was like no this was a crazy person who in that case I don't believe he did die he they they were able to subdue him and and take him to jail but uh he hadn't he was just a crazy person so I yeah. think this probably is that and I think they will try their best to fluff it up into something more than what it was which sounds like unfortunately a, a mentally disturbed person who who killed himself.
0: Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And I think that's the vast majority of cases. Um, I'm not sure about the guy that tried to blow up the, or I don't know if he tried to blow up, but he definitely went in guns ablaze into the FBI building in yeah, it, yeah. Michigan or yes. Minnesota,
1: Michigan, I think. I, I think that it was actually, Michigan. That was a couple Minnesota. days ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and without any evidence, they tried to tie that directly to uh well, or without any concrete evidence outside of social media posts with brand new accounts. They tried to spin that into the, um, the Trump raid of, of Mar-a-Lago. Right, right. And I'm, yeah. I don't doubt that's what it, well, I do a little doubt that's what it was, but it's just kind of hard for me to believe when you create a social media account, like a week before you decide to do something with all of the, propaganda and the things that we know that the fbi has done for decades and this is the problem that i have with right-wingers they're real pissed off at the fbi right now great we can team up on this single issue coalition and abolish the fbi i love that but listen to me you guys have been dead wrong on the fbi for decades they've been doing this for a long time now you're just mad because they did it to your savior and hero and messianic figure.
1: Pretty much, I mean, listen. We know about Co Pro, which is something they've been doing since the, the what the '40s or '50s. Um, I, I think probably the most, the two most egregious cases I think of when I think of the FBI and what they are capable of is there is a man who is in prison right now, uh, a native rights activist named Leonard Peltier. Uh, who uh, was, they tried multiple times to frame him for killing police officers. It never stuck. Then they were finally able to frame him for killing uh, a, a, either a police officer or, or an FBI agent. And the absurdity of this is, if you, watch, if you look at the trial, if you look at all that, their evidence was garbage, their witnesses were garbage, and even an appellate court, a federal appellate court ruled that there was no sufficient evidence to have prosecuted him. And he's still in prison for the rest of his life. He is still in a federal prison for the rest of his life, even though the court said that there was not sufficient evidence to have prosecuted him or to have found him guilty. Still there. That's that's one case. Another case is the case of Fred Hampton. So Fred Hampton in the 1960s was an up and coming leader in the Black Panther movement. And they didn't seem to have much of a problem with that. While he was, you know, basically working within the Black Panther movement, but then Fred Hampton did something else. He realized that in the neighborhood he lived in, that there were large pockets of uh, mostly Polish and, and uh, European, but you know, white uh, migrant poor people that lived in his community, and Hispanic people that lived in his community, and they were all often fighting each other. It was like this kind of constantly going racial struggle in their community, and he realized. They all had the same common enemy and they were being divided against each other. And so he started making connections with uh, uh, Hispanic and white people uh, as part of his movement and started creating this sort of like multiracial movement for justice in his community. And the FBI responded uh, working with the, I believe, Chicago Police Department, I believe, or either Chicago or Detroit, whatever police department, uh, the city he was in, they um, basically did a drive by raid. Uh, and uh, shot up his house and killed him and multiple other people that were in the home. And then they just made up a bunch of stuff. They said that he attacked them. They they made up uh, a criminal record that he didn't have. And this stuck for many decades until finally there were enough leaks that happened to show that it was all just lies. So they literally killed this, this uh, young man who I believe was like 21 or 22 at the time. They killed him because he was organizing his community peacefully. And uh, those are examples of the kind of stuff that the FBI... That's what they've always done. The FBI shortly after its creation very quickly became a political organization whose purpose was to destroy dissenting opinion if it got too powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's literally what they do. And so I'm very happy to see that, you know, what, 40, 50 percent of the country right now is very upset about the FBI and is questioning whether they should be around. I'm concerned about the fact that the reason they're doing so is because they went after, like you said, one of their political you know heroes right. or messiahs instead of just the the actual function of what the FBI does. And so, you know, I'm like, you you know, me, I'm a big single issue issue coalition guy. I'm willing to work with anyone on anything for the most part. And if this is what it takes to have serious reform done to the FBI, I'm all for it. I'm also skeptical because I think that they're upset at the FBI until the FBI waves something in front of them that they do want to be done. I remember these people calling for the FBI to investigate, you know, riots and things like that. And it's like, no, the FBI is the last people that you want. They're not on your side. They've never been on your side. And, uh, you know, hopefully this grows legs, but we shall
0: see. 100% I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. Here's the thing that here's the more... Pi- not just the the rhetoric and, and the applause of let's abolish the FBI and the IRS at the same time, right? These are things that we can get on board with immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have a lot of people to go along with it. But I am very concerned about what you just said. I actually lean towards more of a white pill on this matter because if they now can see that their messianic savior, uh, political savior, let me say it correctly. Now, I don't want to be heretical here. They're a political messianic savior, and they're very upset with it. Now we can show them those examples that you just laid out. We can talk about Waco. We can talk about Ruby Ridge. We can talk about all these things that we've been talking about for a long time, and their heart is soft. Now they're ready to absorb that information. And if we can get that across, then maybe they'll take it to heart, and it doesn't matter what waves in front of them. They're going to be like, no, no. I don't care. Now we know full well what the FBI has been doing. And yep. like you said, since its conception, I said on Twitter, at best, the FBI has been corrupt for decades. At worst, and most likely, they've been corrupt since day one. Right. So if right. we can get these people on board by red-pilling them with information, you know, Matrix red pill giving them information to wake them up to what these people have been doing for so long. And then maybe we get our foot in the door with the NSA, the CIA, uh, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, the NAID. All these things right now are up to compromise. And we've got actual big movements to say, hey, look, we need to investigate these things because they're not operating the way we thought they were for so long. I'm just glad to see that people are getting on board with this.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I I'm always I'm all, I, I've learned to be very zen about this stuff. It's just sort of a we <laughs> shall see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All we can do is what we need to do. Right. Is is That's right. when we're talking to people, be consistent about saying we've always supported eliminating these agencies. And here's why. Yes, the thing you're upset about, but also look at its decades long history, whether we're talking about the CIA or the FBI or the NSA or the IRS or DHS or any of these things. You know, we can look at and say, this is the problem. And, you know, you can't just be mad when it's causing an abuse you don't like. You have to recognize that this is what they do. They constantly are going back and forth and they'll do something that makes you happy and gets this side upset. And then they'll turn around and do something that, you know, makes uh, you upset and makes this side happy. But if you look, the pattern is they're screwing you both and keeping you divided against each other. And, uh, you know, I I have seen a similar pattern where even though people on the right still typically are very much back the blue it's kind of become back the blue but with an asterisk so for example you know prior to the lockdowns It was sort of this unquestioning like, well, if the if the the police say this is what happened, then darn it, I believe them. And I don't care what the video shows. I'm going to do everything I can to twist the narrative that the police were in the right because I have this sort of emotional attachment to believing that the police are always right. And I'm not even 100 percent sure why, because it doesn't really line up with my ideology of smaller government and come and take them and. You know, the Second Amendment's about fighting tyranny, but I'm, I'm really just going to put that aside. So what happened during the lockdowns and the mandates was people got to see it's not the politicians you hate who come out and enforce this stuff. They're the ones who order it but it's your cops that show up to enforce it. And they might be your friends. They might not even agree with it. They might disagree with it every bit as much as you, but it's their job to enforce it using whatever level of violence is necessary to bring you into complete and total compliance. And that I think was the beginning for a lot of people of the realization that, wait a second, maybe this isn't the best way to do things. And so I've Mm -hmm. noticed even after the lockdowns and the mandates have been over that now even things like the Uvalde shooting. Uh, after the um, uh, the the uh, Uvalde school shooting exactly. and how the police responded to that, I saw a lot of right wingers who usually would say, "Well, you know, we need to recognize the fact that blah blah blah." They were just saying, "No, these are cowards, and we can't rely on government to protect us, and we need to protect Amen. ourselves." And I thought, "Yeah, no, that's." That's good. And I'd even pe- see people would say, you know, I back the police, but and that's why I say there's an asterisk. there <laughs> because I see that more and more. And the work we do with You Are the Power, we do a lot of police accountability stuff like what's happening in Gastonia. And very often I will see in the comments and in the replies and in the emails we receive and the inbox messages we receive and in the uh, phone calls and the in- emails uh, that the uh, elected officials are receiving that we hear about. Uh, that people are saying, I support the police, I back the blue. But they but. were wrong on this. And that's something that we haven't really seen before. It's always sort of been this like almost dogmatic uh, acceptance right. of em- anything the police say. So here's the thing, you know, that the silver lining of these abuses is hopefully, uh, we'll get more people who may be predisposed to supporting anything that comes from law enforcement or intelligence agencies or anything else now recognizing, no, these guys aren't your friends and they never were. So we'll see. Uh,
0: I, 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 I hope to be as optimistic as you. <laughs> I don't know that I'm optimistic. Um, I want to be optimistic. I'm more nihilistic. <laughs> I think, uh, Matt Kibbe's helped me out a lot. You know, I've had him on the show several times as yep. well. He's like, dude, you gotta be optimistic. That's our only yep. choice. Yep. And I'm like, ah, I'm trying to be, but I'm going to give you a real life example. Okay. Because, okay just less than a year ago, talking to my dad, dad's huge constitutional conservative, not a Republican. He's voted Democrat, libertarian, constitutionalist, also Republican. Um, he's, he was entrenched in back to blue. I got, you just have a horrible, I have a terrible criminal record for those that you, for those of you that don't know, I've been arrested (laughs) almost double digit times. I've got well over double digit charges. It is terrible history. Um, You know, that whole classic, no, you just broke the law. You're a criminal. You don't understand cops if you just did X, Y, and Z. Okay. So two examples. One was in New York city. Okay. Well, let me back up a little bit. The cops will never come and take our guns and that's, who's going to have to do it. Okay, dad, fine. We'll talk about that. (laughs) We'll see. Okay. I don't believe you. We'll see. And then (laughs) they do do it it every, they do it every (laughs) single day, but they'll never do it, but they'll never do it. Right. But they're the ones that do it all the time. All you know, and, it, no. and during in the New York, it was blatantly all over the news. In NYC, you saw cops walking like children out of McDonald's, basically detaining children for not being vaccinated. No. That was a huge red pill moment for a lot of back the blue people. No. And then the other was you've all day. And ever since then, and then I've been able to give example after example after example to my father, who was staunchly back the blue. Mm -hmm. Who is now stocking ammunition, growing a garden, digging a well and saying, we can't rely on these people. And like I've said over and over and over again, do not outsource your safety to yours or your children. Do not outsource said safety to state actors. And now we have real life examples. Thank you, Internet. And thank you to the tyranny from COVID. There are a lot of things that COVID tyranny brought us that were big positives and white pills that being one of them and look i'm using the new york city example because that's like one of the most flagrant but that crap was happening everywhere i'm old enough to remember they were arresting paddle boarders out in the ocean by themselves they were putting crime tape around children's playgrounds they were locking up kids basketball courts that's what the cops did yep
1: yeah. And they weren't doing it because, you know, oh, what can I, what harm can I do to eat to an evil to children today? It was their job.
0: It was their they job. did
1: it for the same reason that enforcers often do atrocious things because that's what they were told to do that day and it was very they were very humdrum about the whole thing i'm sure i'm sure even as they're doing it they're going you know what i'm not sure about this whole thing i think maybe we should be getting rid of some of these politicians that are doing this not and they did it anyway because it was their job and if they don't do their job then they get fired or they get demoted or they get passed over for promotion or you know they have uh, you know disciplinary action taken against them whatever if they don't do their job then they don't get to work their way up the ladder like we're all trying to do in our various careers right so That's the career they've chosen. The career they have chosen is the career of law enforcement. They are not peace officers. They are not security. They may do those things as an ancillary benefit of their actual job, which is to enforce the law. And sadly, the law means whatever they're told is the law that day, because we have a ridiculous burden of laws at the state federal and local level. It is so high that there's not even a computer program that can accurately tell you what the law is on all things. It takes armies of attorneys to be able to accurately say what the law is on every single thing. And even they get it wrong. And yet we are relying on individuals who very often have not much more than a high school degree and a few months of training, almost none of it in the law deciding what the law is in that moment. And what that means is they're not deciding what the law is They that that morning they wake up, they get they do their briefing and they're told this is what we're doing today. This is our main focus today. Our main focus today is on, uh, you know, uh, a lack of seatbelt use is there's been an uptick in it. So we're going out. We're giving as many seatbelt tickets as we are today. Uh, there's been uh, an uptick if, if during the lockdowns uh, of kids going to this park. So we got to put the tape around it. We're going to stand post out there and make sure that no one you know walks over the tape and have their kids go to the park. That's what their job was that today. And it's very humdrum and everyday to them uh, in the same way that, and this is obviously a much more extreme example, and I'm not comparing the two, but if you right. think of any, you know, uh, any of these genocides or any of these things that have been carried out by agents of the state in other countries and, and in this country, I guarantee you that most of the time while these things are happening, these people are walking around, rolling their eyes, thinking about how they can't wait to get home and be able to put their feet up and how long of a day it's been. It is a humdrum you know, uh, just everyday thing to them. They're just doing their job. And it actually is how they allow themselves to do these things. Because if they actually took a moment and said, wow, what am I doing with my this is what I do to people, but they can shut that off. And they can put their responsibility on the politician who is the one that or the or their superior who ordered them to do it. And they go, well, that's just my job. And I'm just doing it. And the relying on that institution and the individuals within it to protect you is not only demonstrably like a bad idea like we have decades centuries of of empirical evidence to show that this is not the way to protect yourself but it also just doesn't make any sense like just think about it i'm going to trust someone whose job it is not to protect me or whose job it isn't to protect me, but whose job it is to tell me what to do and use violence, whatever violence is necessary to get me to do it. I'm going to trust that person for some reason to protect me in situations where seconds or even fractions of a second could be the difference between my living and dying. I'm going to rely on someone who could show up minutes or hours later, and we now know might not even respond for another several minutes or hour plus. That makes no sense whatsoever. So whatever it takes to bring people on board to that, if it's people on the left who go, you know, the police are enforcing systemic racism. okay, great. Well, then I guess you shouldn't rely on them for your safety. And if it's people on the right saying Mm -hmm. I'm stockpiling guns because my government could turn tyrannical. Well, good news. The government's already tyrannical and I'm not telling you to use those guns, but maybe you should
0: not rely on them for your safety. Whatever it takes to bring people into this. And you know, that's a great point that you just said. Those seconds matter. Those seconds matter a bunch, right? Yep. We just saw a great example of that. What was it? I think in an Indiana mall where yes. a kid, he was 22 years old from 40 yards out with, I think, a nine. It was a handgun from 40 yards. It was yards. a compact
1: nine. I Ugh. found that out uh, recently. Compact. Uh, someone with the National Gun, uh, Association for Gun Rights told me it was a compact nine millimeter. Elisha Dickin shot. During an active shooting at, uh, what, 40 yards away, he hit 8 of 10 rounds, which means he emptied the magazine. He emptied his magazine from 15 seconds from when the first shot was fired to the shooter to the last shot was fired by Elisha. 15 seconds, he landed eight of 10 shots at someone from 40 yards away across a a mall food court with people running around. And it's not like he was training for that. You're at the picture being at the mall. Are you sitting there thinking, man, if someone pulls out a, a gun right now and starts shooting everyone, I better have good situational awareness. Like just in that moment, he did that. And what what a perfect example. Now, imagine if instead Elisha had listened to the no guns allowed in this building sign and taken his gun out and put it back in his car. And imagine how many more dozens or, or God knows how many people could have been killed by the shooter who had, uh, I believe, two rifles and multiple rounds of ammunition. Uh, imagine how much worse that could have been if instead Elisha said, oh, well, there's a no gun sign here. I'm going to rely on state actors to protect me and everyone else in this building. How much worse would that have been?
0: Oh, tremendously worse. And I actually know a, 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 a I know th- I know somebody very well that carries their uh, their firearm into every no gun zone, especially malls. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to say who that is. Uh, I think his name is Noel, but uh, definitely not Knoll. We, we can't confirm or deny that, that sure. but yeah, we can't confirm. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. Because and, and that's a remarkable scenario. Because let's be honest. With the intent of that individual, and we obviously know that that invi- that individual had extreme intent. That kid clearly saved many lives, many, oh, yeah. many, 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 many lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was remarkable that training that what he did. Um, I I don't know how much training you have at 22 years old. I, I didn't don't know that's you know, but that is.
1: I I don't know because my understanding is he doesn't have any history of military service. He must have really been training out there. He must have been out there training because there's training and there's hit eight of 10 shots at 40 yards on an active shooter uh, across a a food court mall from you. Oh, and while he's doing that, talk about situational awareness. In that 15 seconds, he first made sure that his uh, either girlfriend or fiance, who is uh, uh, first aid trained, made sure she was safe uh, neutralized the shooter, and then she t- went to action, going to address uh, any of the you know uh, the people who had been hit because she was first aid trained. Like that's like that that's something from a movie. You would see that in a movie. You would see someone you know walking through a mall, and then there's a shooting, and he pulls out his gun. He pulls out his yeah. <laughs> compact oh. nine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was uh, I forget which kind of Glock, but but you know pulls out his his compact nine yeah, com- and empties oh, it, really? hits him most of the time. If you watch that in a show, you'd be like, "Yeah, right. What? Like, right? really? Okay, Bruce Willis. You you just killed yeah, this guy John from, from forty yards. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's no, that remarkable. was incredible.
0: Yeah, and saved <laughs> how many lives? Countless yeah, we, lives. We'll never know. Yeah, we'll and didn't know. hurt anybody. Yeah, we'll never know. Didn't, hit anyone, like, like, didn't hit anyone else. <laughs> like literally, anyone else? Like some kind of a John Wick movie." I mean, it's Yeah, crazy, that's but... what I
1: mean. It's it it is something out of a you see it in a movie and you kind of roll your eyes and go okay whatever it's yeah. an action. You know, like you know but that we you know that's not real. Like that's not an actual right, thing right. someone pulling out their freaking pocket nine and 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 lighting up a target from the other side. Yeah, Jason Bourne like literally name name your your James Bond Jason Bourne uh, I forget what Bruce Willis's name was in the Die Hard movies, but like that character, oh. any of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, like literally that that level of just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna pull out my gun now he's dead. Like that's not real. Yeah. Anyone who yeah. has done any range work or has combat experience or whatever else, yeah. pulling out a nine and hitting someone from forty yards away most of the time in a in a in a scenario you weren't expecting five seconds earlier that's not real that's
0: not a real thing it's it's incredible it's absolutely incredible absolutely incredible but it's a class a example of do not outsource you or your children's safety to Mm -hmm. state actors yeah carry train stay loaded and protect yourself protect you your family your friends and your neighbors and, and um just people you don't even know the strangers around you yeah that Protect the mall. Yeah, protect protect, your, protect mall. your mall. Yeah, protect your mall. <laughs> that should be on a shirt. Protect your mall with Elisha's name on it. With with, with Elisha's <laughs> face on it. Yeah, protect your mall. <laughs> protect your mall. <laughs> that's great. You could probably sell. It. Hey, if you're looking for merch, you heard it here first.
1: Yes, that's protect great. your mall. That's the <laughs> new, that's the new <laughs> <mall>. shirt. Yes,
0: <laughs> that's great. Um, all right, so uh, kind of switching gears here, but I do want to come back to the COVID tyranny because. I just, I didn't know if you had heard or not. Let's stay on that real quick. I didn't know if you had heard or not. And then when I was on Instagram, after I posted the, um, the promo for tonight's show, I saw that you had obviously heard it. So we went over the fact that we're old enough to remember um, six feet apart, uh, line, direction lines around grocery stores, uh, limited access, shutting down all of the small and medium businesses, keeping all the box stores open, Closing everything. Whitmer in Michigan, who I I deemed as the second worst governor during COVID tyranny. You had Cuomo, you had Whitmer, and then Newsom, which is my that's my ranking. Feel free to disagree with that, all of you. That's fine. Um, But then the CDC released new guidelines this week. As soon as they popped out, I put it on Twitter because nobody had heard yet. I'm not sure some Mm -hmm. people had heard, but it it went pretty crazy on Twitter for me. Um, Essentially, if you're not having symptoms. Regardless of vaccination status, go live your life. Regardless of if
1: you even have it or not.
0: Regardless of if you have
1: it. We have reached the point of what you and I and many others were saying back in the beginning of 2020 when this was first, or I guess, you know, March, April of 2020, when this was first popping off, we said what we know about disease in general, and obviously this one could be different, but what we know about disease in general is that if you are sick, stay home. That's that is the guideline that you should use. And frankly, for a long time, we'd gone in a really weird direction where people would have the flu and they'd still go to work because they weren't going to miss a day of work, and that's stupid. That was never a good idea. You're now exposing other people to the flu, like that's dumb. But the but it it was a basic thing of if you are sick, then stay home. And then once the vaccine came out and their own data, remember their own data from the beginning said that we believe that this is you know, very likely to keep you from getting seriously ill, especially if you are older or obese or have a comorbidity or whatever, then your rate of getting seriously ill declines quite a bit. We don't have evidence that this prevents community spread. That right there should have been reason for us to say, OK, great, if you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. In fact, you know, I—if I, if you're older, it's probably recommended you get the vaccine, especially if you're older. But it's not a per- this is a personal health choice. There is no compelling reason to think that this should be uh, forget mandated because it should never be mandated, but that we should even be trying to pressure people into getting it because right. it does not appear. And it was very early on. We saw that it was doing nothing to stop community spread. There was no evidence that it was doing that. And what did right. we have? We had people like uh, um, uh, Joe Biden and many others who were saying, if you get this vaccine, you will not get sick. I if Senate you get this provided. vaccine, this is now a uh, what did, What did Joe Biden call it? This is a a, a pandemic of the vaccine of the unvaccinated, meaning that you were only going to get sick. You were only going to spread it to others if you ha- didn't have the vaccine. It back in last uh, December, he said, for those who are not vaccinated, this will be a winter winter of severe illness and death. Now, keep in mind. Alex Jones, and I think correctly, Alex Jones was just uh was just determined to be liable in spreading lies about the uh uh the the shooting in uh, where was it in Connecticut? Um uh, Sandy Hook the Sandy Hook shooting and that he said that that was fake and that the the uh, parents were you know uh false flag actors and all of that and he defamed right. them and he was correctly i i believe and you you don't have to agree with me i i believe he was correctly determined to have defamed them and there has now been a judgment against them what is the yeah. level of judgment that should be placed against someone who told an entire country that anyone who was unvaccinated was responsible for a, a winter of severe illness of, and death and that okay. they were solely responsible for the continued spread of this disease i mean you want to talk about defaming a class of people how about defaming a at that point what 30 to 30 20 30 percent 40 percent of the population who was for various reasons choosing not to get vaccinated defaming them as being the reason that this disease even still exists uh, still in existence all evidence to the contrary you know what what kind of defamation happened there and and so now you go full circle to the cdc saying regardless of your vaccination status regardless of if you even have this disease or not if you are not feeling well you should stay home and if you are feeling well then you should uh you should you should not stay home i do think they say that Uh, four or five days after, if you do test positive or feel sick, you should stay home. And then after that, don't bother testing again, because it doesn't matter if you still have the virus or not, just go back to whatever you were doing. And there's no reason if you've been exposed to the virus, but don't, but feel fine that you should isolate yourself. There's no reason that children who have been exposed to the virus, if they feel okay, should not go to school. This is what we were saying from the beginning. This would get you canceled. It would get you taken off of social media. It would get you labeled a pariah. It would get you labeled someone who is responsible for people
0: dying. And now it is CDC guidance. That's right. And they've done this. We've seen them do this incrementally throughout the entire time. They you yep. were kicked off social media, called a conspiracy theorist, an anti science, uh, science denier for yep, multi- science denier. for a multitude of reasons. And then within what, what you know, what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? About six months during the COVID yep. tyranny era. And now yep. everything that we said two years ago, they are admitting and forgive me but I am not going to sit here as somebody who is not an immunologist, virologist or endocrinologist and sit here and tell you, you're going to, you're going to convince me that those are the people that didn't know and me with simple medical (laughs) practice from the military, from the United States military was the one that was ignorant and stupid. No, they knew, they knew there's no way they didn't know. I'm sorry. Call me Alex Jones. That's fine. Oh, by the way, I agree with you. I, I hated the fact that, Alex Jones called. Sandy. I'm not saying that Sandy Hook yep. wasn't maybe wasn't a psyop, but those kids are dead. Those kids were dead. Those kids and are
1: really dead, and those yeah, parents they're are really dead. Really that's ridiculous. Mourning their dead you know, children. Exactly. That's, know,
0: that's yeah. that, that I can't stand. We can talk yep. about how it was set up and how it was executed. That's fine, but man, that was terrible. But back to the COVID thing. I mean, to for for many of us who who aren't in high level NAID. Uh, members and employees of the CDC, you're going to sit here and tell me that the things that I said two years ago when I was vehemently against two weeks to flatten the curve, and I was obviously right. You're going to tell me that you're just now finding out the things that I said two years ago. There's no way. There's no way. And even if there was, where is the retribution where, where's the consequence for this look at the lives destroyed well, how many people lost their job how many people were couldn't go to their family's funeral how many people couldn't have a wedding people dying i saw pictures of people with gloves filled with water holding their hands as they died because doctors wouldn't allow them in the hospital room there needs to be a reckoning for this this is medical tyranny and we're and now they're just going to slide right by and say oh no 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 Uh, we're good now things have changed what's changed
1: yeah what changed was that they realized that uh, I honestly I think the biggest thing that changed while was that uh, so many people just realized they weren't going to go along with this anymore and I've seen this in like my uh politically uh un un, un un in tune i guess that's where it, people that aren't really politically like involved they're not really yeah. following day-to-day events and stuff they just kind of go they're they're very much you know support the current thing type of people it's whatever right. is the thing they're right. being told and that yeah. day they just kind of go along with it they're not making connections they're not connecting the dots or spotting patterns they're just kind of being led by their nose and i watched the the people who back in in, you know, uh, early, mid, even into late 2020 who would see pictures of me campaigning or pictures of me and Tasha out and they'd be horrified. They'd say, do you know that person that's, you know, on, in the same photo as you that's, you know, within six feet of you and you're not wearing a mask and, you know, all of that. I've seen them over time slowly go into saying I am vaccinated. I am double or triple boosted, whatever, whatever we're up to now. I am boosted. Right. I still got COVID. My kids still got COVID. Uh, my kids stayed home. And is suffering educationally and still got COVID. Um, you know the, the school reopened and they they weren't getting COVID any more or less than they were when the school was closed. Uh, you know I I still got sick. Um, I, you know I, I'm I, I'm you know watching all these terrible things happen. When can we return back to a normal life? And I think that when you have enough people and we I, I've talked about this from the beginning. When you have even a, a small minority of people who consistently say, something is wrong here. I don't think we should be going along with this. That eventually diffuses from those original innovators and early adopters into the uh, the early majority who see that things aren't working. It then goes on to the late majority, the people who just wanna be aligned with everyone else. And then once you reach that point, policymakers have to change their minds on things. They have to say, okay, you know what, we were wrong. Or actually, they never say we were wrong. They just say, oh, new guidance. The data New changed. guidance. The science is now telling us... The thing that we said was anti-science and you're responsible for killing our grandparents like a matter of months ago when you were saying it but now we're saying it so it's the science or as uh as uh, uh anthony fauci recently put it the personification of integrity uh he represents wow. integrity and truth this this man who yeah. literally has and and I, i'm with you man an epidemiologist knows the data better than we do and yeah. I realized that an epidemiologist, you know, to a hammer, every problem is a nail to an epidemiologist, every you know potential outbreak, the best solution is keep everyone away from each other. But the reality is they saw very early on that the lockdowns didn't work. They saw That's very right. early on that the vaccines weren't going to stop community spread. They saw very early on that vaccine mandates weren't even really affecting vaccination numbers, and they certainly weren't stopping community spread. And instead of saying, hey, you know what, we were wrong, they just they doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on it until finally they could just, you know, a few months later, having distracted us with something else, they could say, oh, by the way, new guidance, uh, everything you were saying, you were right. And yeah, that's that's yeah. where we are. And that's the problem with government is that, Government doesn't have built-in accountability because it's not reliant on market forces its or price signals. It's reliant on force and coercion and theft. And a system of force and coercion and theft does not respond to – does not have a, a built-in feedback mechanism from its uh, customers because its customers are actually its victims. And that's the problem that's we right. have is that you, a, a a monopoly of violence, a basically a, a mob, doesn't have to – Demonstrate value. And and that really is what it all comes down to. Every single issue of lack of accountability in government really boils down to the the function of government as an organization, as really a group of people who have determined that you're going to do what they want, not because they have demonstrated value and you voluntarily are doing it, but because they will make your life hard if you don't. So the value is that your life will be better off. You won't be in jail. You won't be fined. You won't be beaten up. You won't be tased. You won't be killed if you do what they say. That is not a system that leads to accountability or good outcomes. And that's basically government
0: in a nutshell. That is government in a nutshell. And I have to correct myself there. Oh, you kind of already corrected me. I was on a a rant there because the the COVID tyranny is really what sent me over the edge and caused me to be an activist, Uh, even though we were mildly affected here in the deep South in a very red state, I was looking around the country and I got pissed at what was going on. Yep. But uh, during that rant, I said, virus, immunologist, an endocrinologist, but I meant to say epidemiologist. An endocrinologist as my doctor actually is. A type one <laughs> diabetic who is supposed to be the most susceptible to COVID. But you were right. You were not an endocrinologist. Neither am I. So technically, (laughs) you were still correct. Neither one of us are endocrinologists. We've never claimed to be. So so you still were not wrong. (laughs) That's a fair point. Yeah, that's really good. But yeah, you know, uh, I was so pissed at the government, right? At the moment that they rolled out and said two weeks to flatten the curve. And I've got an extensive medical background in the United States military. I'm not going to just crap on it like I kind of did earlier. I've got a lot of training, a lot of education. But even though yeah. that little bit from the, again, that's from the United States military. So you kind of take that, weigh that in one hand and the other. Um, I knew that what they were selling us was a lie. Right. So I was super pissed at the government. But really what made me upset was a line that you just said earlier. This is what I was most upset about. When you said, quote unquote, you were talking about other people. When will they let us get back to normal? Yeah. What do you mean? Let? Yeah. Then no, you don't let you are the authority by the Bill of Rights, by the consent of the governed. You don't ask. OK, you don't even ask for forgiveness later. You don't do a thing and then ask for it. No, this is the government. And we outnumber them just like on a bugs. Life. And you give this uh, number all the time. I'd love for you to give it to me because I tell it to everybody. I heard it from you first, but I butcher it all the time. If a certain percentage said no, then the government would have to stop. If a next percentage oh, yeah, said yeah. no. Yeah. Will you get, give us that real quick. Yeah. So
1: if roughly, and it, it, it it's different from area to area. Like this might not. The numbers yeah. might have to be a little bit higher if you're in like New York City, just because of the sheer police force they have, even per capita right. there. But okay, like roughly, I mean, army is, in the world. Yeah it, it is it is and it, and and they act like it too man my goodness um the uh it, it generally speaking if roughly anywhere from 1 to 3% of the population refuses to comply with something it becomes Almost impossible to enforce it. It becomes so difficult to enforce it that you see widespread refusal to comply. You see this kind of widespread uh, uh, people that are not complying and completely getting away with it because the the law enforcement just doesn't have the resources to try to stop all these people. It's just a physical thing. Law enforcement makes up roughly actually less than 1% of the general population. And right. so if you look at it that way, if one to 3% of the population is refusing to comply, well, then the people that are tasked with enforcing that are now outnumbered three to one. So basically, it becomes functionally impossible for them to you know, blanket enforce this. They're still going to make examples out of people. They're still going to enforce it, but there's going to be a lot of people getting away with it. That leads to other people looking and saying... Well, wait, if they don't have to do it, why do I have to do it? So now if you get to anywhere from three to five or 6% of the population that refuses to comply, you now have what what the law enforcers would describe as bedlam. You now have it. It, it is impossible for them to, to uh, enforce it. Even in small batches, it becomes functionally impossible for them to even be able to do it. And then what happens shortly after that? is you see even more people go, well, if they're not gonna do it, I don't care what the sign says. If this was dumb, I don't wanna have to do this. And if they're not gonna have to do it, then I don't have to do it either. A perfect example of this is speeding, okay? So you can get uh, pulled over and fined for speeding right now, but you'll notice that in most places, uh, police tend to pick and choose their battles. So even if the speed limit is 35, they usually don't really start to uh, really, you know, put the brakes on people and and go out and enforce it unless it's they're going at least you know 40 something. You know, they at least right. 42 or 43. Some places it's like if you're not going 10 over, we're not going to bother, even though it's completely illegal. It says right there, right. big sign, 35. <laughs> and and in fact, it's actually reached the point where people see that speed limit as the minimum. Right. Not that not. It's supposed to be the maximum. If it says 35, you're supposed to not go over 35. Right. But everyone goes, oh, it's 35. So I'll stay. I'll stay under 40. Right. Or I'm in a hurry. So I'm going to stay right at or or just above 40. Some people just completely ignore it. But anyway, that for most people, just everyday people who consider themselves normal, law abiding, tax paying, upstanding people, they see 35 and go, yeah, I'll go 38. Right. Because it is functionally impossible for the police to make everyone go under 35 in fact we joke about how the 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 left lane if it says 35 and you're going only 35 36 or 37 you're a piece of garbage you need to get out of that lane this lane isn't for people who follow the law this is the crime lane we go fair 50 and 45 (laughs) and and 55 in this lane and everyone says that even police officers will say i get so sick of people that are going the speed limit in the fat in the (laughs) fast lane and it's like no that's the law but it's become so accepted at this point because there is what probably started as a handful of people going 35, I need to get somewhere has now turned into 35. I need to get somewhere for everyone, right? This is a perfect example of how, When a large enough percentage of the population refuses to comply with something, not only does it become functionally impossible to enforce it, but it eventually becomes mainstream that people choose whether or not they want to comply with it. If someone right now is going 35 or under, it's because they want to. It's because they choose to. It's not because, oh, yeah, they're going to pull me over. You know they're not going to pull you over for going 36 and a 35 or 37 and a 35. That's not how it works. They do it because they want to. They wear a mask because they want to. They get vaccinated because they want to. They don't smoke cannabis because they don't want to. If it becomes if once it becomes where it becomes functionally impossible to enforce something, now people get to decide whether they want to do it or not. And then what often happens is that the uh the police will just say or the the people in charge will just announce like the CDC did, well actually that's not the guidance anymore. That's not the rule anymore. And the reason they do hmm. that is because they have to keep, if they don't, if they don't change the guidance to go, with, to go in compliance with what the people are already choosing to do, what ends up happening is they have to try to enforce it, which they know is impossible, which will lead to people realizing that they're a giant paper dragon that can't actually oh, make us do anything if we don't let them. And so instead they go, oh, well, uh, yeah, we, we, now we realize that you shouldn't have to do this anymore. And it's, it's because otherwise people would realize that not only do they not have to comply with this, they don't have to comply with anything if they don't want to, if enough of us refuse to comply, they simply can't make us. And that, that is the fact that government power isn't real. There is what we are reality of power,
0: Yeah. It's the reality of power power. we're
1: willing to tolerate. Yeah.
0: Yep reality of power you can try it i'm not going to do it go ahead and try it and and they will and again they will for for a certain
1: number of people they will and then it reaches a point and they'll i mean you can see it they will brutally enforce it all the way to the end and as the proportion of people that just completely get away with it because they don't have numbers to stop them continues to rise eventually they go well, actually, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. So, I mean, they will be brutal. Keep in mind, like, I I, I don't try to – I'm not trying to uh, to soft sell this. I'm not saying, right, right, hey, right. just go out there and do whatever you want and the police won't do anything. That's not true. They will brutally enforce it as much as they can. But if enough people stand up and go, no, I'm not doing this anymore. This is stupid. It always was stupid and I'm not doing it. It goes away.
0: It truly does go away. It goes away quick too. Uh, and, 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 and unfortunately, unfortunately – yeah. Very fast, and unfortunately, had we had. uh, Sorry, I I still can't find that stupid alarm that keeps going off over here. I was wondering what I was hearing. I'm like, is that my phone? No, it's a watch. I can't find it, and it beeps uh, during my shows all the time. I really got to put. That's your warning from
1: the NSA. Stop talking about (laughs) non-compliance, Noel.
0: F that nonsense. No, we're gonna keep talking about it for sure because (laughs) the issue of it is is government's gonna be government's gonna government, right? So it's up to us to spread the message that you just said to each individual so that we don't have to live through the wake of destruction that they leave behind before they finally realize that they can't apply it any longer, which is what we're looking at now. And Personally, uh, in my lifetime, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't know that I've ever seen such uh, tyrannical destruction raining completely down into each individual life. Uh, even though the scales are tipped in some states to another, so thank God for yeah. federalism because it didn't it didn't come in in the same veracity in every state. But man, if we can if we can really implement this ideology into people right now, mass noncompliance, x amount of one to three percent, then five percent, they have to stop completely. They can't enforce it at all. Then we can eliminate at least a solid percentage of the destruction that they leave in their wake.
1: Yep, absolutely. This was the largest wholesale infringement on the the lives and rights of the people in our certainly in our lifetimes, probably up there in American history. Now that's wholesale. Yeah. I I know I can already hear people that are going, well, what about Japanese internment? Yes, for that population, yeah. for for, for right. Japanese Americans, that was obviously worse than anything that happened during the lockdowns or the mandates. But that was for a very small population. Or if you look at Jim Crow, or if you look at the Trail of Tears or any of these things, obviously much bigger infringements on people's rights and lives, but It was for a a relative small fraction of the overall population. This was where the majority, the vast majority of people in this country for at least a extended period of time were told you can't go to work. You can't go to school. You can't in some cases go outside. You can't go to the park. You can't go to the beach. You can't go and and, and go for a walk unless you've been approved for your reason for doing so. You are basically going to have to live within our self-imposed uh, recreating of the conditions of cold and flu season. Which, by the way, that was the, I, I made my, my first anti-lockdown video that I made in February of 2020. Before the lockdowns were even here, I was making this in response to what I was seeing in China and in uh, either Spain or Italy, whichever was the first European
0: country. Uh, And I said,
1: just I think it was Italy. And I said, just walk through with me what we're talking about here. We are telling people or they are telling people to stay home in their poorly ventilated homes in close contact with the other people in their household all day long. Venturing outside only to go and get the things that they absolutely need at the handful of grocery stores that have been allowed to remain open and only in a certain curfewed period of time, which means they're going to the store with everyone else and going yeah. to the same building with everyone else at the same time in the same aisles, touching the same stuff, going through the same checkout lines, and then going home to their poorly ventilated homes to stay with their loved ones. That's cold and flu season. And that's why cold and flu spreads more during the colder months. It's not because it's cold out. It's because people naturally don't go outside as much. They stay inside in in their poorly ventilated homes because it's cold out. And they only go outside typically either to just to do like either, you know, basic shopping or go to a christmas party or something like that but they don't go outside where it's better ventilated and where their odds of catching a, a respiratory caught illness or less the odds are much lower but they don't they, they engage in behaviors that lead to viruses that spread airborne or through spittle to spread more easily so we're going to create a lockdown regime that recreates that condition and I said that in February of 2020, having right. you know read a basic amount of research on SARS and the uh, uh, the, the the Spanish flu, the 1918 flu outbreak, right. and a handful of other outbreaks, I just read about it. Now I, I'm not an epidemiologist or an endocrinologist. I'm not any kind of ologist. I'm just a, a Jew <laughs> on the internet. And as a Jew on the internet, I went on the internet and I did some basic research. And what I walked right. away with pretty quickly was that. Uh, coronaviruses have never been eradicated from nope. using any kind of uh, 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 any kind of treatment or vaccination regime. There has been one virus that has been uh, eradicated from the actual uh, spread among mankind, polio. and that's smallpox. Uh, no, okay, polio okay. still exists, actually. Yeah, yeah polio it still exists, but we, we, we've eradicated it for the most part from the Western world, although there are still occasional right. outbreaks. But there, smallpox is the only disease that we have ever truly eradicated from right. like normal uh spread among humankind and smallpox is not a coronavirus it is not nope. spread the same way it is not it's 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 you know it's um makeup is not the same. A coronavirus makes up roughly 40% of the various viruses that we call the common cold. And the reason for that that that. is because the nature of a coronavirus is to very quickly mutate into something that spreads very, very easily, but gives us little to no symptoms because that allows us to have just enough symptoms to spread it to others. We get sneezy, we get coffee, we have a little bit of a fever. We might, might or might not even have a little bit of a fever but we still feel good enough to go about the day and be around That's other right. people and spread it to them and have it spread to us and, and go back and forth. That's what coronaviruses want to do. Now, I knew that having researched it for a matter of a few <laughs> hours on the internet, yeah. and you can't tell me that epidemiologists and people that are, immunologists and people that are that do this for a living didn't have a similar concept that this is likely how it's going to go. Now, that doesn't mean yeah. that they shouldn't be giving us guidance on how best to to protect ourselves but that's what it should have been this is our best understanding of how you should protect yourself but we recognize the limitations of what government can do and we recognize that a lockdown regime is going to literally recreate the conditions for cold and flu season and that would be monumentally stupid and so instead we're going to focus our talk on what leads people to be more likely to survive getting sick being healthy being in better shape, hmm. um, having a, a low BM, as low of a BMI as they can, not being obese, getting lots of vitamin D, both through supplementation and the sun, which means being yep. allowed to go outside, uh, having low stress levels, which means not telling everyone they're going to die, for example. They, these are the things hmm. that should have been done instead, and instead they did things that I, I would argue that anyone with common sense or anyone that did a basic amount of research would have seen was just a bad idea.
0: Yep, it's almost as if My, no, well, I'm not talking to you. My phone, no implications. Our phones are just giving us trouble. <laughs> but it's almost as if they intentionally did the opposite of what we were supposed to do. No, no implications here. I'm just I'm I, talking no. out loud. You know, it, it, with government, you always have to ask yourself, is this because
1: of malfeasance, ineptitude, or some combination of those things? And I, I would argue it's some combination of malfeasance and ineptitude. Uh, I, I do tend to uh, – I forget what what razor – I think it's Hanlon's razor that says what can be attributed to ineptitude, attribute it to ineptitude instead of to you know malicious intent. <laughs> but I'll so. tell you, man, like these people – Uh, Even if they're experts in their field, they still have to go through the function of government and government is just a uniquely bad way for humans to organize. So could a a government run, uh, you know, uh, epidemiology center lead a bunch of experts to uh, to believe uh, to convince themselves that something that by common sense tells you is a bad idea is actually a good idea? I, I wouldn't put it above government. They're just a bad way to do stuff. I mean, government is yeah. where people who are military experts who go to training on things like maneuver warfare, and you know, they, they read everything from Sun Tzu to Patton and everything in between. They they are so steeped <laughs> in theory on how to do, and then they go, you know what we should do? Let's drone bomb kids and make people angry, and then they join terror groups. But then we figure out some of them maybe we can arm them and they'll fight the other ones. Yep. Oops, that went poorly. Guess we better do it again. Now, how much of that is maliciousness and how much of it is ineptitude? Probably some combination, combination. of those things. And I, I think it's the same thing
0: here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could talk about the COVID tier and all day. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, yeah. I will say this though, in regards to what you just said, did you hear the interview with, um, oh, I think it was John Bolton and maybe, Oh, I'm going to gap the other guy's name. It was CNN. Obviously, it can't be Chris Cuomo because he got canned for helping yeah. his brother grope women. Um, anyway, John Bolton admitted on camera on national television that he helped yeah. organize coups around the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's what they do. The dude just sped right by it. He didn't even, yeah. he didn't be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. What do you mean you helped? Nope. No questions out. Just like this was normal conversation.
1: Oh, Yeah, uh, uh, I think it was John Podesta, uh, was talking uh, on some forum, uh, uh it, or it was maybe it was Pompeo. I always forget, I always confuse those two. Podesta, one of them, someone who had been, you know, a head of, of uh, intelligence agencies, and he was right. talking and he kind of, you know, jokingly or, or gleefully said, Well, you know, hey, I, we know all about that. That's what we're taught to do is to lie and kill and murder. And everyone was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Th- that's <laughs> literally what their job is like, the, the job of intelligence agencies is to create discord and to overthrow unfriendly regimes in other countries and to create terror groups. Uh, think about it, Iran-Contra. Amazing. And uh, Iran-Contra, for those who don't know, they may have heard that term, and they may have heard that it had something to do with Reagan and Oliver North. But, you know, Ollie North can't be too bad. Yeah, He had a show on Fox News for many years. Let me tell you what Iran-Contra is. Iran-Contra was they decided that they didn't like the regime of, uh oh God, what was his name in Nicaragua? Santa Ana, I think. No, it's not Santa Ana. Uh, uh, not Noriega, Ortega. They didn't. Anyway, they didn't like they they didn't like the regime. They didn't like who got elected in uh, in Nicaragua. They didn't think that it was it was in uh, the U.S.'s best interest, and they wanted uh, uh another uh another regime in charge. And so they said, well, there's this group called the Sandinistas, or no, the the, the Sandinistas were who they didn't like. There's this room called uh, this group called the Contras, and they wow, they're rough. They're killing entire villages of people. It seems like we could have them uh, take out this Ortega fella and, and stop with this whole sandinista business but if only there were a way we could fund this thing uh there's no way congress would give us any money for that i mean they they'd never get reelected if they gave money to fund a, a terrorist militia hey i know we could sell crack in poor black neighborhoods <laughs> this new base drug of cocaine we could come up with a much cheaper delivery system because cocaine man boy do you make them all out of money from cocaine but it's kind of a rich guy's drug and and these we can't sell it to white people. That would that wouldn't be good. So let's instead let's figure out a way to make it cheap. Uh and then that way we could sell it to black people. Hey, we can freebase it and make it into crack. And then they, we will sell it through uh, drug dealers like Freeway Ricky Ross, and uh, and we'll have them sell it in, uh, in the black communities. And then we'll take some of that money, we'll launder that money out, and we'll use the Iranians, who we are currently in an active conflict with. This is just a few years after they had just held multiple American citizens hostage in the embassy for years. We're going to sell it to them. We're going to use the money, and we're going to buy weapons from them no one would ever expect us of buying weapons from our sworn enemies who call us the devil. We're going to buy right. weapons from them and then we're going to give it to the Contras so that they can murder and massacre a lot of innocent people and probably some Sandinistas in the process as well. That's literally what happened. It was treason because we were working with the enemy it was i would say treason because we were literally uh, creating a drug overdose epidemic in our own country among our own countrymen because they were people that our government didn't really care much about would just assume they died anyway especially if they can use it to blame them on being those drug addicted savage uh, you know violent thugs that we know That's them right. to be and then and then Then they used it as an excuse when the Congressional Black Caucus came and said, we have to do something about this. Something has to be done. Our neighborhoods are being destroyed by this crack that seemingly came from out of nowhere. Where did it come from? And the Reagan administration and the CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus, and the law enforcement agency said, Fantastic idea. We're going to now make crack way more illegal than cocaine. We're going to give it a, what, 17 to 1 uh, disparity in sentencing for right. the same amount of crack than for the same amount of cocaine. And so now we're going to see a wildly disproportionate uh, enforcement uh, against uh, people, communities of color because we're going to pump billions of dollars into the state policing apparatus in exchange for them promising to uh, directly go after crack, its sellers, and its users because they would put people in jail for using crack. And we will ruin a bunch of people's lives and all of that started with the intelligence and military apparatus of this country deciding they didn't like the elected officials in a small foreign country that's what government does that's how government handles crisis
0: yep and it definitely definitely was not the cia that oh no, gosh pull that off just uh, it, it was absolutely organic from the bottom up yep um 100% not the CIA yes. no. and definitely worked out for the best. That's for sure. Yes. Oh, oh and, yeah. And on top of that, they create, it was like in here you tell it like so detailed in, in, in that, in that frame of reference there, it's like, it's almost like the way Kamala Harris predictive text, each one of her speeches, right? She doesn't know which word is coming next. She just kind of figures it out along the way. But actually never figures it out so it's like okay we created this cri- oh again all the time right government creates crisis then pretends to save you from it so we're going to yeah. deal with x and then x provides problem y okay well yeah. then we'll create solution z and yeah. it just continues to snowball all the way to yeah. the point to where a was a small government foreign government that they didn't like the officials and it snowballed all the way down the alphabet to create an entire crack epidemic and then saying, okay, well now we have an opportunity to create this enormous police state. That's already massive. We'll just expand it more and then pretend like we're trying to save you from it. And that's Mm -hmm. how we wind up with the Patriot Act. They've done this and you know what? They keep doing it because it keeps working. It keeps working. That's why they keep doing it. It's look at this crisis. Focus on this fear. Now ask us to save you from it, and then you wind up with the Patriot Act. Then you wind up with COVID tyranny, and now yeah. look where we're at.
1: Yep, exactly. And here's a, another thing to keep in mind. You know, we talk a lot about how the U.S. military spent uh, decades, trillions of dollars, and thousands of American lives to replace the Taliban with a better armed Taliban. Hmm. Uh, the hmm. uh, the Sandinistas and the and Ortega are still currently in charge of Nicaragua. And they've actually become very brutal over time because I believe they're they're actually they're communists. And so they've actually become uh, somewhat pretty brutal over time. And they uh, they ban uh, the participation of uh, of um, uh, competing parties. Uh, They uh, ban media that they don't like. But uh, whenever there's any kind of a concentrated effort to stop them, they go, oh, you're just like the uh, the Contras were. And they get to use that boogeyman of the American financed Contras to destroy any opposition to their communist tyranny. And that is a direct result of the fact that the U.S. government got involved because they didn't like Ortega and the Sandinistas. And that's 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 a, a direct, this is a perfect example. of what, And we're seeing that now. You know, anyone who tries to speak out against the abuses and excesses of what's being done by the Taliban. I'm, I'm sure that they're being labeled as, oh, well, you're just part of the the Western imperialist occupiers who who tried to destroy our way of life. This is what happens. They don't even they make the original problem worse and they create so many other problems in the process. Now, this only makes sense. It doesn't make sense from the filter of how does this is this going to work? what's going to work best because we have plenty of evidence that it doesn't work it does make sense if looked within the filter of what would maximize the profits for the for the uh, the the crony billionaire corporations who just so happen to always have the fix that's available and it's only going to cost the american people however many billion or trillion dollars to get that solution what would maximize the profits for them this this would maximize the profits for them Every time. Yep.
0: Uh, and and again, uh, people, keep, uh, they keep looking around and being like, well, how could I have fallen for this? Or how could people have fallen for this? For so and I keep telling them because it keeps working. As yeah. a, I've been an athlete my entire life. If I pick five plays and three out of five times they work, I'm going to keep using that same playbook. Yeah. And so this is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. They've been doing this for decades. What we need people is to wake up and realize what the playbook is because it's actually very simple. You, you put a lot of history into that just now. And now I have to go study that because that's amazing. <laughs> you just dropped a lot of knowledge that I actually wasn't aware of during that whole scenario. Um, yeah. But the playbook on its face at its basis continues to remain the same. And so... um. By the way, it's I actually to tell you
1: it's good. It's a it's a simple pattern. Once you spot it, yep. create simple. a crisis or make the crisis worse or just stumble upon a crisis. Say that you've got the solution to it. The solution makes things worse or doesn't make things any better. Say that the problem is you don't have enough power uh, and that or that there's been a lack of compliance and then push for even more control and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. That's literally the pattern. And, and, and you can do it with every single thing. You know, early on in this pandemic, even when I didn't know how serious COVID was gonna be, you know, what was it going to be as deadly as SARS is, but spread as easily as the cold, which would have been an, I mean, you talk tens of millions of dead people right. in that scenario, right. you know? And so I, I will say the first couple months, I was personally a little bit more cautious if there wasn't a reason to have to do, you know, I, but now meanwhile, I always went out outside cuz i i never bought that crap oh it could be airborne if it's so airborne that you can't go outside then there's not a damn thing you can do anyway Like you, you could have you could stay in your home with HEPA filters on every single opening to your house you're still going to get it like if it's spread that easily then we're all screwed anyway we might as well just go and live our lives so I I never stopped going outside or doing any of that but yeah I mean I, I would try to keep my distance from people when I was indoors and things like that the first few weeks I you know first couple weeks it was like yeah you know what let's let's just be let's I will personally choose to err on the safe side I'm not going to support lockdowns, I'm not going to support, you know, uh, forcing people to stay six feet apart. I personally am going to make a a, a personal health choice until we have more idea of what's going on. Once we knew going into like towards the middle or end of March that this thing was not what they were trying to pretend it was initially that was the end of it for me. And I kind of, for the most part, went back to, to regular life after that. Um, and, and meanwhile, I've, I've always been a little bit more fastidious about germs ever since I got MS. Anyway, I, I wash and sanitize yeah. my hands on a regular basis. Like I was doing that. If anything, all this now, People used to look at me funny when I would sanitize my hands a lot. Now they don't uh, because everyone does that or a lot of people do that now. But I, I've been doing that for years now. So really didn't make any other changes after that. But that was a personal choice to make. But even in the midst of not knowing uh, you know, just how serious this was, how seriously we should take it, how much we should choose to make modifications to our lives in response to it, I never thought that it was a good idea For government to be mandating or dictating or even guiding anything because government just sucks. No matter how deadly this virus is, no matter how big this terrorist threat is, no matter how big of a crisis this shortage is or this inflation is or this whatever, no matter how bad the thing is that they've got you scared of actually is or is not, government is a bad way to deal with it. And
0: we should not be listening to them. I I would even go further and say they're probably the worst entity to deal with it just given their track record, you know, track record over time. Um, And I have that conversation all the time. That's a little bit harder of a barrier to break through besides they didn't deal with it properly. But if, if personally for me, my mindset is when somebody said, well, they just didn't deal with it the right way. If I leave it there, (laughs) then moving forward, they're going to have a level of trust. They should never have. So I, I just try to nip that in the bud and say, no, no, no. They're the worst possible entity to deal with it and here's some great examples of it by the way i want to tell you um i had never watched tim pool's show or listened to mm. tim pool's show until i heard that you were on it technically i guess i heard uh, angela McCardle was going to be on it so like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i'll listen to it i know he's a big deal right i've heard of him yeah. a bunch of times and so I listened to Andrew McArdle and then I saw that you were on there, like I think the next week or the week after. Yeah. That.
1: Yeah. It was like a few days later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't think you saw this on Twitter, but I, um, uh, I watched that whole, I've actually seen that whole, or, or, I keep saying watch scene. I've listened to that entire episode with you on there probably three or four times now. And I put it out on Twitter. I don't think you ever saw it. I mean, you're, you're so freaking swamped on social media. I said, uh, <laughs> I just listened to Tim pool or Spike Cohen on Tim Pool. And I'm just here to say that I'm absolutely hijacking all of his information and giving him none of the credit. And so (laughs) I I memorized all of that from the very first time I listened to it. But absolutely fantastic. Not to get off on that, but you you were absolutely great. You stole that show. And, yeah, you're very welcome. And they've talked about you since then. Uh, Ian, i've listened i've listened to temple almost every day now since hearing you because i think their (laughs) atmosphere and their dynamic is very interesting it's like um, a shorter version with multiple more people of kind of a joe rogan situation yeah i really like that similar yeah i I, I like that atmosphere but uh, i i don't want to keep i know full well as much as anybody other than maybe tasha and, and brian how, how swamped you are, so I don't want to keep you <laughs> any longer than you have to be, but I do want to ask you about this, and then I'll uh, I'll get you off of here so you can go get some rest. Um, this week, major uh, I always try to call her Majory. That's probably my military background. Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Greene. Files articles of impeachment against Merrick Garland for failing to preserve, protect, and defend the constitutional political persecution of Donald Trump. It, look, nobody cares. Mt MTG, she's kind of a joke. She's smarter than I gave her credit for. I heard her on Tim Pool. I'm like, okay, I always thought you were kind of stupid. You're obviously yeah. a pretty intelligent lady. You're pretty sharp. You're just a great salesperson. But you're, you're, you know, you're a terrible politician. You're corrupt. By the way, if y'all don't know, and please don't cite me on this because I'm going to have to go back and find it. But I did hear it and read it from a legitimate source. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, she did invest $15,000 in either uh, Raytheon or one of the other military industrial complex industries yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. weeks before you, Russia invaded Ukraine. So if you think Marjorie Taylor Greene isn't corrupt, I, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, she got insider trading information just like Nancy Pelosi. She's garbage. Anyway, I don't care about that. And also, um, until the Republicans take the House and the Senate, Garland is not going to get impeached. That's not the point of this. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I wanted to ask you about these two statements because these two statements from different politicians are actually extraordinarily relevant. And I want to hear your opinion on it. So, um, Senator Marco Rubio, Republican from Florida, declared... Quote, using government power to persecute political opponents is something we have seen many times from third world Marxist dictatorships, but never before in America. And I, <laughs> right. So, uh, obviously, a lot of that's propaganda, <laughs> right? Third world Marxist dictatorships. I, I would, but not I, here. Never no, here. N- Never here. Never here. Never. You, forgive me if, if, I'm going to assume that Marco Rubio doesn't know what Marxist dictatorships are, but obviously he uses it here horribly out of context. And then again with the following sentence about, but never before in America. All right. Okay. Whatever. Um, So you laughed that one off. I was hoping you would, but here's the one that I really care about because I'm, I'm actually legitimately concerned about this. And I actually think that this person is the only really, obviously he's the most libertarian uh congressman representative thomas massey Mm. said quote in third world countries and banana republics they prosecute the former president's leaders and their staffs right now we look beneath them we are in a race to the bottom but what i really wanted to ask you about is with what's unfolding by the second with all the crimes that we know that every president since woodrow wilson's committed We've no. picked out this guy who I've never voted for, never will. By definition, I'm a never Trumper. I just don't have TDS. But we've <laughs> we've just decided to pick this guy. Just, we don't we don't do Trump. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Are we really headed for a banana republic? Because it really does feel that way. I mean, the thing is, we
1: have been the banana empire, and I I think that's that's an important thing to remember. So the elements of a banana republic are not just what exists within the united states but it's what we impose on a lot of those countries that end up becoming banana republics at the direction of our government and its intelligence agencies and military and state department and diplomatic apparatus like that's so it we are the or i should say we our government is the banana republic or rather the empire of the banana republics um and i don't think this is anything new now i want to say i i will wait to see What exactly is in these uh, in in the uh, you know the warrants and in the evidence of what they're uh, what they're collecting? Because we it's it's been the one thing that makes me a little kind of skeptical here of of some of what I'm hearing is that uh, Donald Trump was calling for them to release uh, their their um, their warrant and their their what they gave to Trump. Well, he had a copy of it. He and his attorneys yep. could have done so as well, and so that felt like kind of a, a classic Trump tactic there, yes, of like putting the onus on someone else yep. when he himself right. could do something. <laughs> so that's yep. that's why I'm kind of skeptical. So there could be something legit here. I don't know, and I'm not I'm not going to pretend to know one way or another. And like like you said, I I'm a I'm also a never Trumper without without the TDS. Like I I, right. I I am de facto I really have no interest in Trump, but it doesn't come from an emotional place or a specific that's hatred. Right to trump i just recognize that i see the scheme when i see it right like this is this is this is what he does but so I, i i will say i do think that the idea of uh political persecution using the uh using uh the law enforcement as the apparatus for it i think that that is going to become is becoming more normalized like just even the threats of locking hillary up uh were kind of a new thing then the actual possible action of locking Trump up is now a becoming a new and normalized thing. And you could eventually see, uh, you know, the reality of someone being locked up, including Trump or or Biden or someone in the future, becoming the new reality. My problem isn't that. My problem is the dumb shit they're doing it for. See, here's That's the problem. Right. The, the reason the Democrats could look at some of the things Donald Trump did the the warmongering uh the the signing off of of droning of children the yep. you know the those types of real the 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 signing off of the genocide in yep. Yemen yep. the yep. actual war crimes those types of things and say this is what we're going to get him for the only problem is they're just as steeped in it as he is that's and right. so instead, they're going to go after each other, and and just and, and vice versa. If the Republicans get in and decide to do their their one-upsmanship and to now use the uh, the um, the the law enforcement mechanism of the government against their political opponents, they're not. They're also going to pick dumb shit to do it for as well, because otherwise they'd have to pick them for doing an actual crime, which is really just business as usual by the federal government. That they're just as steeped in as the Democrats are. That's the problem. If the government government... government starts going after itself and using law enforcement against itself to prosecute itself for crimes. Good. But let it be for something Mm. real. And and again, this the thing with Trump could be something real. I don't know. But let it be for something real. Not that he called uh, the the, the, the allegation that he called uh, the Ukrainian uh, defense minister or or called Zelensky and said, I'm withholding this funding. Uh, until you do this thing for me or what like the, these are not the, compare that to the genocide in Yemen and it's not yep. comparable so they pick this kind of stuff palace intrigue stuff because it's something they can that's go. Right. well this guy's the only one that did it so that's what I'm more concerned about but are we a banana republic like I said, the U.S. government's the banana empire, so that's not re- – and literally. And, and and when I say the banana empire, uh, I mean that, and I mean it literally with bananas. So when the U.S. government back in, I believe, the 1950s did not like the uh, – was it the Honduran or the Ecuador? I believe the Honduran government. They didn't like the new government. And so what the CIA did was they actually airdropped a pest, pest bug that destroyed their banana crop. In order to destroy their economy, because Honduras's main, uh, I believe it was Honduras, their main uh, cash crop was, uh, was bananas. And really? what they were threatening to do was to break up the Del Monte uh, monopoly in their yes. country. And so yes. to protect the Del Monte Corporation, uh, they created a pest crop that caused famine and pestilence in two of the four horsemen there. Uh, they caused famine and That's pestilence right. in Honduras, caused countless people to die, mostly children from malnourishment, destroyed their economy for multiple years. But they got that government back and the Del Monte
0: Corporation is still
1: firmly in control there. So, yeah, this is the banana empire.
0: Yep. Yeah. OK, so. um wholeheartedly agree and i forgot all about that with yeah. the uh the del monte monopoly oh man that's such a great story now yep. i gotta go read yep. about that again too that's been a <laughs> long time i forgot all about that yeah yep, remarkable absolutely. that's great so here's my concern okay mm-hmm. if we start with trump when we yep. know all of these crimes yep. right? Let's so, say, right let's just say let's just hypothetically trump they they and I think they're looking for this. I think it's probably going to happen. I think they want the photo op of walking Trump out of Mar a Lago in handcuffs. In handcuffs, yeah. Yep. And if we do, it, and it may, that may be the trigger, but let's say that kind of goes back and forth, even if it takes two years, a yep. civil war. What I'm concerned about is the people. We know mm-hmm. that the government is disgustingly horrible, corrupt, and just out of control yeah, and beyond yeah. recognition of anything of what the Constitution and the Bill of Rights says that this is supposed to be. I'm worried about the people. Yeah. I'm worried about civil war because mm-hmm. most of our population doesn't operate on the same cognitive level that you and I and most of the people in the libertarian community, anarchist community, and the conversation yeah, right now not operate yeah. on. Yeah. They're not there. Yeah. So what they're going to do is be like, we can't do this now we have to fight is yeah. that a real legitimate concern
1: that's a real legitimate concern absolutely and and it is why i i would prefer that in if this if this becomes a pattern so if they lock up Trump and then the Republicans get in office and they lock up Biden and then the Democrats get in office and they lock up President Chris Rocker or, or, or Kid Rock or whatever <laughs> like you know whoever like because I because I also think the other thing is that we just slowly get closer and closer to idiocracy where like you yeah, know yeah, Donald yeah. Trump Joe Biden uh, Kid Rock Sarah Palin MTG uh, and Black. then like and then like literally the guy that played uh, um uh uh, the 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 oh, man uh, Hector Camacho, whatever his name was, on uh, on Idiocracy because yeah. that's Terry. Oh, Cruz. Yeah, like Just yeah, we could, yeah, just, yeah. We yeah. could elect yeah. Terry Cruz president. Anyone who thinks, look at how much everyone loves Terry Cruz, we could You're literally right. end up electing Terry Cruz as Hector Camacho, whatever that guy's name was. Like that could really yeah. happen. So my 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 concern is the very real possibility that people, because of their allegiance to these political parties and these 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 cran, uh, pandering, craven politicians that back them. Uh, that Yeah, that could lead to that kind of a thing, which is why when, if this starts happening, we need to be consistent in saying, see, look, it's already happening. It's already happening. <laughs> it's already happening. Thank you, Morgan. Uh, it, 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 if that ends up happening, we need to be consistent in saying that this is not about um, that. This is not about protecting Trump or protecting Biden. This is about spotting the pattern of political parties weaponizing government against each other. What I think would more yeah. than likely happen. Is that if they are going to do this, because I tend to believe that Republicans and Democrats or at least the leadership of them or the people that truly own them, which is the corporate oligarchy that runs this country, um, that their their default would be they're going to they'll use this palace intrigue stuff against everyone, but the actual enforcement is only reserved for the people that actually tried to truly buck the status quo, which is why I'm somewhat skeptical that Trump's actually going to get arrested because he didn't buck the status quo. He talked about it, but he didn't actually do it. So I I would sooner think that that will be reserved for the Thomas Massey's and the Ron Paul's and the future Thomas Massey's and Ron Paul's and Justin Amash's and and people that were speaking truth to power uh, from government. Uh, More so than it being used against heads of state. But if it does start going this way, then that means it's part of a bigger thing of trying to actually create that kind of division within the country. And I think it's incumbent upon us as libertarians who are there who are at that level to get people to spot this pattern and recognize that this is being done. This is being weaponized to get them to fight each other and to hate each other and to not spot what's being done while they're fighting and attacking and killing each other. It's just like what happened with uh, back in the summer of 2020. The people who were upset and and protesting and in some cases rioting because of the killing of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and so many other people at the hands of, of police and the people who were upset that the police were standing by and allowing their communities and their homes and their businesses to be burned down by opportunists and looters and rioters they had the same enemy yep it same was the same enemy. police state that was harming innocent people and then allowing innocent people to be harmed in the in the aftermath of it so our goal needed to have been to say You guys have the same enemy here. You may not agree on everything, but look at who your opponent is. Look at who is hurting you. It's the same people. It's the same apparatus. It is the same system. So let's just work together enough to dismantle or at least greatly reform that system so that we don't have this common enemy anymore. So that's what we would need to be saying with this if it unfolds. But we're still very early on to this, so it remains to be seen. But... Yeah, man, it it could get ugly fast and we need to be the the truth seekers. We need to be the ones that are speaking the truth consistently and saying, listen, this is not about Trump. This is not about Biden. This is not even about these individual agencies. This is about a system that is trying to weaponize you against your neighbor and your and your family and your loved ones because you disagree politically. So let's let's not let's not give into that. Let's recognize them as the enemy and let's 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 keep our focus on dismantling the
0: real problem. A men and a women. That's exactly freaking correct. And there's a phenomenal way that you all can help out immediately. Yes. You can sign up. Yes. at You are the power.net. Spike. Yes. Tell us what you got in the works. Tell us what they need to do. Tell us what we can find out right here, right now from you.
1: Oh, man, we have so many things in the works. We are planning so many similar uh, initiatives across the country, like what we're doing in Gastonia and what we've done to uh, to similar effect in places across the country. Bourbon, Indiana, Columbus, Ohio, Russell, Kentucky, uh, Manatee County, Florida, uh, and, and, and many others to come. And when people say, what do you need? Well, the short answer is we need more people and we need more money. Uh, So the biggest thing that I would ask you for, uh, unless you're a multimillionaire, in which case, please give me money. But if you're not, (laughs) assuming you're not a multimillionaire or a billionaire, uh, then what we need is for you to join You Are The Power and become a part of the grassroots army uh, for human liberty. So if you go to youarethepower.net, uh, there's a big button there that says "Become a member." Uh, membership is free. We'd love to have you become a part of it. Uh, we need people on the ground that will uh, work to organize, uh, to help show people that they have way more power than they think they do. Uh, if their government is uh, is you know running roughshod over them, uh, they can stop that. Uh, they, they can work right. together and it, it doesn't even take a lot of people. A few dozen people can, can turn things around pretty quickly. So with your help at you are the power.net, we can make that a reality. We can make freedom or being that much freer, a reality for people in your community and across the country. And we'd love to have you join us. You And again, if you're a billionaire, then go to you are <laughs> and, and donate some serious money. But if you're not a billionaire, then just sign up. We would love you for you to become a member.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much, Spike. You are a great friend and a great mentor. Thank you, We, as the people, yes, sir, uh, we we can't thank you enough for what you're doing. I I know that you spend so many hours of your personal time. I know your heart. I've told people time and again that there's things that I can't tell uh, them and I can't talk about on the Internet or even in public that you've done personally (laughs) for my family. That's real. These people are genuine. He's honest. He cares. That's real. I'm giving you real experience here. This isn't a politician's pitch. This man and his wife and his family, this movement is genuine, honest, transparent, and real. You are the power.net, Spike Cohen. You are the man, the Jedi master, America's favorite political pontificator. We thank you and we love you. Thank you so much for being on the show again, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate it. and Thank you all for, for tuning in. And uh, hit the bell. Don't just worry. oh, I threw my oh, phone. oh yeah 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 that's right. But if I but if I pretend this is my phone, if I hadn't thrown it in frustration earlier, uh, if we want you to hit the bell so that your phone, this is your phone, uh, can explode with notifications every time that Noel goes live.
0: That's right. If you haven't already, please smash that like button, hit the subscribe button, and like Spike, the man, the myth, the legend just said, hit the notifications bell so your devices explode with notifications every time that I have magnificent guests like Spike Cohen. On the show. Thank you, Spike, so much. I want you to get out of here and get some rest, man. We love you very much.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, Spike. Thank you to all of you. Absolutely fantastic. Already went through the spill. You know what to do. Share it with your friends, share it with your family. This was absolutely phenomenal information, y'all. These are things that we can give throughout the community by easily just hitting the share button and then giving these videos with people, brilliant, absolutely amazing, caring, informative people like Spike Cohen, give this information to them so that they can know those numbers, 1% to 3%, 5%, 10%, mass noncompliance, historical evidence, the evidence that we've been talking about for the last two plus years, what the government is as a corrupt, violent ownership of monopoly, right? All of these things, everything that we talk about tonight, These are real eye-opening, real evidence, real historical things that can be shared with your community. And go to youarethepower.net and spread the word. That's what we do. That's what we have to do. Non-violence, mass non-compliance. Information education is our key. It's our winning recipe because what we can't have is a bunch of idiots running out there trying to get violent. Let's educate people. Let's give them the information. We know what we got to do. We know the organizations that we need to join. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Until next time, I will see you Sunday. Next Sunday. Same Cajun time. Same Cajun channel. I love each and every one of you. And again, thank you so much, Spike, for joining me again for another amazing episode on the Cajun Libertarian Live. And I am out.